Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries. This is a teaching ministry that is called Encourage, Disciple, and Challenge the People of God. Uh, today is April the 12th, and we are going to pick up our study uh, through the book of Galatians together. Um, let's see, last time we were together, uh, we got down to, uh, we looked at uh, chapter 1, verses 7 through 8. Um, so we're going to just do a little bit of review and then get into verse number 9. Uh, just started putting the podcast on Spotify and getting a tremendous amount of feedback from that. So I appreciate you guys, you guys listening. So, um, so let's go ahead and uh, switch over uh, to the Bible here. Here we go. All right. Uh, Galatians chapter number 1. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ, and God the Father raised him from the dead. And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ and to another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that we have received, then that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And that's where we we finished off last time. He says, though we are an angel from heaven. Anybody preaches uh, any other gospel to you, whether it be terrestrial or celestial, uh, let him be accursed. Uh, and we mentioned last time the devil has always been involved in corrupting the word of God. He started corrupting it in the Garden of Eden. Yea, hath not God said. Um, um, then we mentioned uh, something modern, uh, uh, a very famous uh, senator, uh, who is also a reverend. Um, you know, I, I've just found that reverends and politics do not go well together. Um, a man cannot serve two masters. <laughs> um, but, um, he said the other day at his church, which is the church of the late Dr. Martin Luther King, um, he said, the meaning of Easter is more transcendent than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And whether you are a Christian or not, through a commitment to helping others, we are able to save ourselves. Um, that is sad, and that is blasphemy. It is flat-out heresy. He tweeted that. Uh, he later removed it. Uh, but also during the election, when he was in the runoff elections in the state of Georgia, he said that he that the Bible did not condemn abortion as well. Um, so, unfortunately, so many in the church um, have embraced that. And it's sad because we're just not, we're not teaching the Word of God to our children. We're not teaching the Word of God from our pulpits. Um, it's heresy. Um, and then notice he said, let him be accursed. Uh, that's the Greek word anathema, which means to be cut off. Uh, so Paul was pronouncing this on anyone, telling them that they had to keep the law uh, to be saved. Now we get into some new territory today. Verse number nine. Uh, 
Um, as we said before, so now I say again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that that ye have received, let him be accursed. Again, it's almost like he repeated it. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Um, now, like I pointed out earlier, um, when he says, as we said before, so now I say again, seems to indicate um, that the him that called you back in verse number six might have been a reference to himself. Uh, you remember back in verse number six, for I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you. And some people will say the him there is referring to God. And some translations um, have interpreted it that way and capitalized the him there, making it a member of the Godhead. But if you look down in verse number nine, he says, as we said before, so now I say again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you've received, let him be accursed. Um, it seems the hymn in verse number six, because of verse number nine, uh, seems to be a reference to himself. He's the one uh, that preached uh, to them the gospel. Um, he's and that's the gospel that they turned away from. So. You know, I've said this many times, the best commentary on the Bible is the Bible. Um, notice that Paul asked the question, do I persuade men or God? Um, again, it's, it's amazing how different translations contort this verse. To me, the verse is clearly saying that Paul is trying to persuade men, not God. However, other translations will translate it that Paul is tr trying to win the approval of God and not men. Um, let me see if I can show you an example of that. As we said before, so now I say again, if any man preaching the gospel, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Do I seek to please men? Okay, if you look in some of the other translations, let's see. Um, I don't know what happened to the uh, NIV. There it is. Verse 10. Am I now trying to win approval of men or of God? So there, it approval and persuade, um, you know, the, the NIV makes it sound like he's trying to win the approval of God. And, and then if you look in the KJV, it says, do I now persuade men or God? So, you know, just obviously there's a disagreement in the interpretation there. Um, <clears throat> I mean, the verse to me, Paul is clearly trying to persuade men. He's not trying to persuade God. Um, and if you look back at Paul's teaching, he was constantly talking about persuading um you know, trying to win over uh, people. In the end, I guess that, that either translation, I mean, both of them are in the positive, uh, whether you're trying to persuade men or you're trying to win the approval of God. Um, you know, they're both uh, what in what we would call the positive um, so that Paul would remain a servant of Christ. So... You know, but again, I personally think the <clears throat> persuasion, pers 
persuading of men was Paul's ultimate meaning in this verse. But, you know, I mean, who wouldn't want to win the approval of God? You know, but then, I don't know, the grace gospel, do we really need to win the approval of God? Haven't we already been approved by God? I mean, we're saved through grace uh, by faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. Do I need to win God's approval? Um, I'm going to go with the uh, the King James interpretation of this verse. I think uh, Paul is trying to persuade men, and he's certainly not trying to persuade God. So the point is that Paul did not spend his ministry trying to persuade God, but men. So I don't believe he was saying, I've spent my entire ministry trying to win the approval of God. That sounds like a work salvation to me. Um, no, God, Paul spent his ministry trying to persuade men, not God. And in so doing, he will not be a man pleaser. Because to do so would make him a servant of man and not of Christ. So that to me is what those verses are saying there. So verse number nine, as we said before, so now I say again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. For I, for do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be a servant of Christ. And I've certainly found that out in ministry. You're either going to serve God or you're going to serve man because no man can serve two masters. Um, I want God to be pleased with me more than man. Now notice in verse 11, <clears throat> But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, <clears throat> the word certified there literally means just to make known. But I make known unto you, brethren. And notice that he says that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. The gospel that was preached of me is not after man. Now, what was the gospel? In 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which was preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. So what is the gospel? The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Period. Nothing else. That is the good news. That is the gospel that Paul preached. It was a gospel that was not after man. Okay. Now, the very fact that Paul emphasizes that he neither received it, nor was he taught it, but he received it by revelation, makes it clear that it was something different than what the twelve were teaching. So he says, for I neither received it, nor was I taught it, but by revelation. Either that, or he was confused. 
or simply arrogant. Um, sadly, most in the church fail to pick up on this. And for years in my ministry, I failed to pick up on this because I just believe by faith what I was taught. I never questioned the assumptions. Uh, why would Paul need to receive a revelation of something that had already been revealed? I mean, he, he makes it very clear he wasn't taught it by man. He didn't receive it from man, but he received it by revelation. So again, why would Paul have to receive a revelation of something that had already been revealed? I'm sure that some would say that his revelation was simply, oh, the Gentiles are now part of the church. And that's what I hear all the time. The Gentiles are part of the church. However, those who would say that would also say that the church was born in the book of Acts in chapter number two. Um, and that, you know, there were Gentiles there. Um, well, if that be the case, then why was it new? Why did Paul have to receive it by revelation? If it was common knowledge that um, the Gentiles were part of the church from Pentecost forward, why would he need a revelation about that? It doesn't make sense to me. Um, also, he spoke to this in Romans 16, 25, when he said, now to him that is a power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. So if everything was revealed at Pentecost, then what's Paul talking about here? Like Joe Biden says, come on, man. I mean, it's pretty obvious that Paul has something uh, that he neither received from man nor was he taught by man, but it came to him by the revelation of Jesus Christ. It was something that was not previously known. So he could not be, it could not be referring to uh, Pentecost in Acts chapter number two or what many erroneously refer to as the birth of the church. And again, that mystery was what we said. What was the mystery? Moreover, rather than I declare unto you the gospel that I preached, that you receive wherein we stand. Um, for I delivered to you, first of all, Christ died according to the scriptures. So the death, the burial, and the resurrection. That's what he received. That was the mystery. Of course, later, Paul came to other revelations um, about, for example, the postponement of the kingdom. I don't think Paul initially realized that the kingdom was going to be postponed. I think Paul, when he first uh, met the Lord on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter number nine, he was receiving or responding to a kingdom gospel, just as the others had. And he wanted to get up and preach that kingdom gospel to the Jews. Um, but he came to revelations. Um, God came to him and gave him 
the gospel of grace, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Just simply by faith and believing in that, a man shall be saved. Um, so he did receive the revelation of the mystery uh, at some point between Acts 9 and Acts 13, I believe. Um, again, that he was not taught by man nor received by man, but it came by revelation. Uh, he later gave, received revelation in regards to the rapture of the church. Um, he later received revelation in regards to the organization or the structure of the church. And we see that in 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. It is not expedient for me, doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Paul speaking to the Corinthians there. Um, so he did have um, revelations. And he goes into, I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in body I cannot tell, whether out of the body I cannot tell, only God knows. Such a one was caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in body or out of the body, I can't tell, only God knows. <clears throat> and he says how that he was caught up into paradise. And, and I heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for man to utter. Of such a one will I glory. Yet not of myself, I will not glory, but mine infirmities. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I shall say the truth, but now I forbear, forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messer of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. So obviously, Paul did receive a plurality of revelations. Uh, and it began with the revelation of the mystery in regards to the Gentile church, the Gentiles, by simply by faith, uh, coming to salvation the church that would eventually incorporate not only Gentile, but also Jew. Once the kingdom offer was off the table, the Jew has to come simply by faith, just like the Gentile. The body of Christ is made up of Jew and Gentile. There is no kingdom church on this earth at this point. There is no, There shouldn't be any kingdom message or kingdom gospel being preached on this earth. At the time, at this time, that will start again during Daniel's 70th week. And then notice in verse number th number 13. For ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and I wasted it. Now, the Jew, the Jews religion is Judaism. It's all it's it's the Jews religion. And then notice he says, For ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that I beyond measure persecuted the church of God. I wasted it. Now, the church of God has to be a reference to the kingdom church because Paul never persecuted the body of Christ. Paul never persecuted the body of Christ. When Paul was on his rampage in Acts chapter 8, um, and Saul was consenting unto his death, and at that time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation 
over him. As for Saul, he made a havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women and committing them to prison. Therefore, they were scattered abroad, went everywhere preaching the word. Now, this church that Saul, in his pre-conversion, <laughs> was persecuting was the kingdom church. Paul never persecuted the body of Christ. I believe that Paul was the first member of the body of Christ. He never persecuted the body of Christ. The kingdom church was made up of the twelve and all those in Israel that believed that Jesus was indeed the Christ. They made up what Luke calls the little flock that would and still will inherit the kingdom. In Luke 12, 32, Luke said, Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, any preacher that will take that verse and apply it to the body of Christ today is using bad hermeneutics, in my opinion. Luke is talking to the Jewish believers, the, the Jewish believers who had repented and been baptized and were believing in Christ as the, the king, their Messiah that was going to restore the kingdom. And he says, fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So Luke calls um, those who were part of the kingdom church the little flock. Um, only proselytized Gentiles were a part of this group. Um, and proselytized Gentiles means that they had been circumcised, they were keeping the law, um, they were uh, under the kingdom gospel, um, they were part of this group, Cornelius and his family. Peter did not preach a, a grace gospel to Cornelius. Um, those mentioned in the book of Acts in chapter number two, notice it says uh, that those who were in Jerusalem were from Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and other parts of Libya and Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes. Proselytes is referring to people who were not Jewish by birth, but had converted to Judaism and were now keeping the law of Moses. So, in Galatians 1.13, when it says, For ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God. So that church of God is not a reference to the body of Christ. And remember, there are multiple churches in the Bible. You know, there's the church that was in the wilderness with Moses. There was the kingdom church. Um, there is the 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 church of Jesus Christ or the body of Christ today. And there's even going to be a, a, a tribulation church made up of tribulation saints. Um, so there's multiple churches. That word ecclesia just means a called out assembly. And we need to be careful. Many translations uh, do great harm by not uh, making a distinction sometimes. And we as believers make do uh, do harm when we think that every time the word church appears in the Bible, it's referring to our church. It's referring to the body of Christ. It's not always referring to the body of Christ. Um, 
Yep, and that's my time for today. Um, I do hope you've enjoyed the study and um, um, just continue to uh, rightly divide the Word of God. And uh, I'll keep studying, you keep studying, and we'll, I'll see you next time. And remember that God loves you, wants the best for you, and He's working all things out for our good.